Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And this inflation situation and the government's response to it is really all of our business, no question about it. Uh, Diana forgot Roth. She's been on the program before, and uh, she has been a senior administration uh, member uh, for the Department of Labor, the chief economist there, rather, and uh, in fact worked in a lot of capacities over the years uh, in various administrations. And always love having her on the program. Today's topic is like, you know, uh, Diana, glad to have you back on. It's almost like a Captain Obvious one, isn't it? It's like uh, the, the Anti-Inflation Act will not reduce inflation. In fact, it will raise prices, which means it's not doing what it says it's going to do. And I'm so cynical. You know, I work in the Senate. I work in D.C. Uh, um, you know, for many years. And it, it's almost like if you want to find out what a bill won't do, look at the name of the bill. Exactly. It's like there was a bill uh, about 10 years ago called the Employee Free Choice Act, which took away workers' right to a senior to a secret ballot in union organizing elections. It's like George Orwell. George Orwell must be in charge of writing the names of all these bills. It's, it's hilarious. It's total uh, 1984. And so here we have it again. You know, I love what Thomas Sowell says about uh, the cost of things, you know, and it's amazing to him, he said, that, uh, that these bills add layers of additional expenditures on, the, on things. He was talking specifically about Obamacare in, in this context, uh, and yet they think it will actually lower the cost of that thing. That's exactly what's happening with this act. Go ahead and set the stage okay. with it. We're, we're assuming, I'm assuming a lot about the, the listener's familiarity. Go ahead and, and explain what the act was intended to do and why it won't do it. <laughs> well, from, from the title, Kevin, you would think that the bill would reduce inflation, but there's several ways it increases inflation. Uh, first of all, it expands spending and expanding spending is going to mean that there's more upward pressure on demand for uh, goods and workers and services. Uh, so that increases price pressures. Uh, it does not reduce them. Second, it increases the deficit and linked. It increases the deficit through about 2026 and only reduces the deficit from 2027 onwards. Third, it requires labor to be hired under what's called project labor agreements. And project labor agreements require prevailing wages, in other words, the use of union labor, which is higher than non-union labor. So if a city wants to do a project with non-union labor, it's not allowed uh, to use that. Fourth, it has incentives for electric vehicles and renewable energy, which are more expensive than normal vehicles and regular electricity. So natural gas is less expensive than wind and solar, for example. So those are four reasons right there where it's going to increase inflation rather than reduce inflation. But it needed to go through. It needed a nice name, so they gave it the Inflation Reduction Act because, as you know, Kevin, everyone is concerned about the price of gas, the price of food. price of eggs just doubled in the supermarket when I was last there um, last week. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting. You you used to, you mentioned the fact that you don't begin to see a reduction. And I was reading this in uh, the New York Times. You don't really see a reduction in the inflation um, until uh, 2026. That's when it's supposed to start getting traction. Predicated on all kinds of economic models that are four years out that are going to be driven by politicians who are all fighting for their re-election and can really care less about the long-term implications. I can't ever recall in, in uh, all my years of watching uh, public policy, uh, economic policy, which now, man, I'm showing my age, but, you know, I got to D.C. in the 80s, and I've been watching this stuff ever since. Whenever it took years for it to begin to make a difference, the difference never came. That's my experience. Can you think of any exceptions? Uh, no, you are absolutely right, Kevin. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's that short-sightedness effect, you know, that these politicians, you know, they live, their whole world, you know, is two, four, and six-year cycles, depending on the office they're running for. They really can't see beyond that. And so they love making promises about things where there's a high probability they won't even be around to be held accountable. And certainly people aren't going to be around, you know, people aren't going to remember because they have a real life to live, like trying to figure out how to pay for eggs that uh, are twice as much as they were last year. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so, it. So, you know, so again, it, it's happened, you know, and I was really uh, surprised that the uh, senator from Arizona and the senator from West Virginia got on board. New York Times did a really interesting editorial on this, and the bottom line was is that particularly in the case of um, Joe Manchin, uh, it was a situation where, he was looking at, uh, you know, having nothing to show, you know, be, becoming senator no, which he really did not want to do that uh, if you were to decide to run again. He's at an age where a lot of people are beginning to debate it. He is like the most powerful man in Washington, D.C., so I'm not sure if he would want to give up. That's kind of a cool gig. But I think he's looked at his total power has been in fighting things rather than uh, – promoting things, but what, what makes, you know, what is your thoughts about how those two in particular, Cinema and Manchin, uh, acquiesced? Well, Senator Manchin, uh, we hope he got, he's going to get what he asked for. He asked for increases in permitting. Uh, he asked for expedited approval of a pipeline in West Virginia. Uh, he asked for uh, more offshore leasing, the resumption of offshore uh, leasing, and for fossil fuels as well as for uh, wind. So we hope that these are going to result in more energy going online, more electricity uh, reductions in price. But we have to right. see how these two bills are linked. The bills uh, are not the same. In other words, the permitting is not in the Inflation Reduction Act because it's not part of the budgetary process. So we right. have to see how that passes, and he's been told it's going to pass. So he got these energy, in, he got these energy incentives. Got it. So uh, my understanding, though, is that a lot of these promises were in the infrastructure bill. A lot of the things you just named that they said would be coming up if we get this thing passed, that thing was the infrastructure bill, the, the, the big one, the one that people held their breath when they saw the numbers. Um, yet I haven't seen any action to, to make those things happen, and now Manchin is going to bank on it happening now? Well, they want to just 
put the and plus uh, the infrastructure bill had a lot of funding for renewables. It had a lot of funding for um, electric vehicles, charging stations. So they're just pouring more money into the same kinds of things. Yeah, no question uh, about it. And, and, and it's not going to reduce inflation. The uh, consumer price index uh, today, uh, Wednesday, did show a lower amount for all items. It went from 9.1% on an annualized basis last month to 8.5% this month. Uh, so it appears to be going down without the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of it had to do with how cheap gasoline all of a sudden became. And by the way, well, I you know, say, the problem I with radio is, is air quotes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I said cheap with air quotes. It's, it's very uh, relatively speaking. Uh, I wouldn't say it's cheap. In many places, it's above $4 a gallon. I know the average is around three ninety a gallon right now, but that's still a lot more expensive than it was a year ago, Kevin. But yes, the price oh, yeah. is coming down, and, and gasoline has a, a, a large weight in the consumer price index, which is why the index for all items, the one that's most closely followed, declined from 9.1 to 8.5. Talk a little bit about uh, what should have been in, in a, a true anti-inflation legislation. So if I were doing an anti-inflation legislation, I would focus on the factors uh, that are raising inflation. In other words, the cost of energy. I would have uh, uh, speeded up uh, permitting, uh, speeded up approval for pipelines, uh, speeded up approval for export terminals, because the United States is the leading producer of oil and natural gas in the world. We need more to be supplying Europe and offsetting Russia's cutback of natural gas to Europe. So I would have focused on energy expansion. Yes, and, and by the way, the thing about energy I don't think most people really appreciate is that uh, it's not only helpful, lower gas prices aren't only helpful for people trying to get from point A to point B, which is, of course, very important, but it's all the products that, I get that have to be transported, transported from point A to point B. And the cost of that gasoline is, has a ripple effect on every product, on every truck that's carrying that, not to mention petroleum products that are the, the, that are involved in the making of the casings of the products you buy. I mean, if you really want to get to some, some systemic solutions, it really is in the energy area. Yes, especially since energy is a, has a substantial weight in the consumer price index. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As, and frankly, as well it should, because it has such a, uh, a broad effect. It isn't just uh, driving from point A to point B, which I think a lot of people look at. And I totally get it. You know, when I, I uh, go and pump the gas, I kind of hold, hold, <laughs> hold my breath, you know, and say, oh, it's already over $50. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, and my car's not that big. And so it's not a gas guzzler. And so I get that. But it's nothing compared to the impact that it's having on every single thing that we are buying. All right, we're going to have to wrap it up, but I would love for you to give us your final thoughts. I'd also like for you to uh, give us more information about where we can learn more about you and, and what you're doing. Uh, well, well, my, my final thoughts are that I hope for all our listeners that 
the prices of gasoline and food continue to trend down. Uh, this is what we need for our economy. We need economic growth. We need to have sustainable policies that increase economic growth, and we don't need new taxes on corporations. So if there's any chance of not passing this Inflation Reduction Act and staving off these new corporate taxes, I very much hope that we can do it. And everything I write can be found on my website, www.dianafr.com. That's dianafr.com. Make sure you check that out. It's a great website. I've enjoyed it. Always enjoy having you on. In fact, I'm going to see about getting you on more often. Diana Furcott, Roth, I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks to you, Kevin, for having me on. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.